Hello, fam. We are here together to do what? Watch another great reaction to a show that we watched called Breaking Bad. And together, all here as one, we have my best friend, Meter. Meter, how are you doing? I'm here too. Yes, you are. And I feel like I'm starting a cult today. So uh, to go along with that theme, I mean... Mm-hmm. I, I think we're all in the cult of meth, the cult of bad, the breaking. Can you agree? Oh, absolutely. I felt like I've been in that cult for at least 20 or 30 years. Mm. And I don't know where this intro is going. It's kind of a disaster at this point. So let me just tease something. Next week, we're going to have a special guest on the reaction. Who's it going to be? I mean, it, it, Meter, you'll be very surprised. I'm really excited. Uh, can I can I speculate? Yeah, go ahead. Is it God? Did you get God? Well, g- g- God and I kind of broke up. Whoa. It, it, it was going strong, and then I, I found out at some point he cheated on me with this girl. Knocked her up. I mean... Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. It, it, it was kind of shitty of him, so... Yeah, well, I mean, you guys could still have a good working relationship, like a uh, professional one. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, you think it'd be worth it because that was another potential guest, but uh, it's not God. Okay, it, no, no, it, it it that one's difficult. But uh, uh, I'll give you two more guesses. Um, is it me? Uh, well, you are a very special guest, but uh, uh-huh. it, it, it is you in a way, but it's not you. I mean, you'll okay. be here, your special guest, but you're not the special guest I was referring to. All right. Is it an uh, uh, Arby's roast beef sandwich? Why didn't I think of that? That, that would have been a great guest to have on. But, uh, yeah. okay, that'll be the week <laughs> after. Said, it, just, just if you set up a camera <laughs> throughout the whole reaction and had it up in the corner and it was just an Arby's roast beef sandwich... <laughs> And the title of the episode was an Arby's roast beef sandwich reacts to Breaking Bad. Million clicks. No question. I mean, at least a million, right? <laughs> I'd watch the whole thing. I want to see how it reacts. <laughs> see, the only thing with that is it spin off all these copycats and then it, it, it just lose its taste. Or Arby's would sue. Oof. Yeah. So got to be careful with that. But, you know, if you guys want to watch along, uh, I mean, there probably won't be a timer, so you guys are out of luck. Just kind of watch the Clip Picks reaction in the description. So click there and do the howdy-ho-ho. We'll get into this reaction now. That's... All right, that was another exciting episode of a show that we watched called Breaking Bad. Now, this episode, I think this episode was definitely a bit of a setup episode, but I think it's also more so setup than pushing things forward. I, I think that's the big theme here. And we kind of see a lot of things like it's kind of like a like a ratchet, I guess. Like, you know, like how with a ratchet, you can kind of go and kind of move forward, but you can't go back. That's kind of what it feels like. There are things that have been pushed forward that you can't go back on. And that's kind of what the Skylar Ted storyline, you know, a lot going on with that. The Walt storyline with everything that's happened there, what Jesse's been doing. I mean, just a lot of things that are like being pushed 
in, but you know, no, no way, no way coming back to where we were before. Whereas I think the previous episode or two was kind of like people trying to get back to where they were before. They were trying to push that thing back, and then it's almost like fuck you. Let's stop trying to go back and move forward. But maybe in a bad way, maybe in a good way. Uh, that's my overall episode impressions. I think great episode. I think there's some great acting. Uh, surprisingly, from Gomez, I think Gomez did a really good job here. I think the police chief did really good. Uh, well, of course, always amazing. Uh, Skyler, I think she she did well. I mean, everyone did a great job. Uh, I think maybe the only person I didn't like acting in here was maybe Carmen. I think she was kind of iffy with her her display. But uh, I want to get your general thoughts here, Meter. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we've said this was a setup episode for the last, like, at least two, if not, I think this is at least the third episode in a row we've said that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so, I mean, all of them can't be setup episodes, right? No, that's true. That's true. I mean, it's, I, no, I think the last one we said was uh, kind of a payoff to a lot of things. But I, I guess maybe, maybe it's, maybe setup isn't the right term, but maybe it's a build episode. Mm-hmm. Right, because I, I feel like they're building to something here, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, something greater, but uh, they haven't gotten there yet. And the thing that they're building to is something with the twins, something with uh, Gus and this whole, this whole kind of like trio, essentially, Gus, Walt, and then maybe the Walt family to some degree. You know what it kind of feels like? And this is, you know, this maybe this is an overall impression that that kind of jumps the gun, but it feels like Walter died and the world, like this is what would have happened. Like how the world would have continued forward without him, except he's still physically here. Like he's supposed to be dead right now. Hmm. Let me think about that here. What would you have to support that? Uh, His wife, uh, moved on romantically. Mm-hmm. His uh, protege has taken his place. Um, you know, Hank is is unaffected by Walt right now because Hank has nothing to do with Walt. Like this, the whole all of the meth right now is from Jesse, not from Walt. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't work at the school anymore. He just kind of exists. Like he doesn't take care of his children. Hmm. I, he pretty much is dead. Like he he broke. Uh, he's not getting money funneled in anymore through the website. Um, the he doesn't work with the lawyer anymore with Saul anymore. Like uh-huh. he, it's it's as if he died. He should have been dead, pretty hmm. much. Right. I I can see that at least with all the relationships that are important to him. Because yeah, his relationship was dead with Jesse. Like that was just completely not there. It's mm-hmm. already not been there with Skyler, and it's also kind of funny because their dynamic is pretending like they are not, not that they're just fine, but kind of pretending like they don't exist. Or uh, maybe, maybe this episode was the finalization of the what should have been the death of Walter White. Huh. Yeah, it's, it's also kind of like we've been talking about how we're moving these chess pieces. I feel like this is the final position for these chess pieces. No, mm-hmm. n- not to say that. Or how do you say it? like in chess, you have like the opening, then you have like the middle game, then you have like the, the end game. I feel like this is setting up. This is the end of the opening. And now we're in the mid game. Mm. So this is where this is how all the strategies will kind of be used against each other. So maybe that's the analogy there. But yeah. So Skyler, uh, Walt Jr. I mean, he's there. Right. But, you know, no. 
He doesn't need his dad. He's got Lewis. He's got Lewis. And I, I will come back here. You made a joke. That was amazing. It was great. <laughs> I just liked how quick I was. Like, it was a very good, quick joke. And there was no reaction from you. And I was like, man, it, it, I thought for sure they'd get him. It, t- it took me, well, it's one of those times where I was processing, like, what was going on in the screen. And I just couldn't multitask. That's fair. But uh, the joke for people who missed it. <laughs> oh, it'll be way better now. Lewis was at the doctor's. What doctor? Walt's doctor. Two of the best characters on the show together at once. Man, I didn't think you got the joke, but <sighs> sure did. Yeah, let me just tell you how funny it was. That <laughs> oh, not sounded like mean. That funny? Oh, I thought you were. <laughs> I thought you were doing. This is how funny it was. And then you laugh. Well, the equivalent amount of how funny it was. Okay, I was gonna do something like that, but then like that sounds really patronizing. No, it was a good oh, joke. Uh, this whole thing is patronizing. Is it? It's totally fine. It's totally fine. Oh, so, no. what? Where do we start? Uh, I say we start with uh, Lewis and the dog. No, let's start with. Um, let's do. We we'll do Hank first. Okay. So H- Hank is essentially. He's at a standstill, but he's also trying to move forward. I, I think he's paralleled a lot with Walt here because Hank's trying to stay like how things used to be and keeps trying to go back on what's kind of pushing forward. And he's trying to pretend like nothing's wrong. And th- there's a lot of similarities where how there's just a lack of communication about how Hank feels. And people are reaching out to him like they're trying to do it the best way and not insult his pride or anything. And unfortunately, they're kind of letting him slip under the radar like like, I don't know if that's just the profession or what it is exactly, but, you know, like, they, they know Hank's hurting, but they are, I guess, respecting his decision, or maybe their understanding can't be reasoned with. I don't know what exactly. But he keeps trying to push forward, and he really does not want to go to El Paso, but he can't admit it to, like, anybody. Mm. Essentially. I mean, he does at the end there, but then he smuggles in the lie. And the lie becomes complicit to some degree. Or maybe it's not complicit, but it's kind of like, I know, you know, but, you know, what's not? It's hard to say exactly. So I, I think that's a lot of Hank here. And Hank's kind of going out of the limb. What's kind of funny about this is that Hank going out of the limb, he's, he's actually like right on the money. But he, it, it is just very like circumstantial and happenstance. Like, like, in any other situation, you'd be like, Hank, you're, you're grasping at straws here. But it seems like he's got a decent case and he's built it up. Mm. I mean, I don't think he is grasping it. I mean, he's grasping at straws in comparison to the size of the calling that he has. He's being called to bust way bigger things and do way bigger things in a bigger territory. Um, you know, he said El Paso is like the Super Bowl for him. But he is choosing to continue to play in the minor leagues when he literally has a chance at the Super Bowl and using this as an excuse. But to be fair, he is really, really good at what he does right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Uh, and he was not very good at what at El Paso. Mm-hmm. When we saw him there, he was very out of his element. He uh, he struggled and he got dumb luck that he wasn't killed. He probably should have been dead. Mm-hmm. And I think he recognizes all of that and wants to stay where it's safer um, and, and more comfortable 
and where he knows that he's good at what he does. And that, and that's the thing, right? Growth is painful. Growth is uncomfortable. Hmm. And he doesn't want to to face that. He wants to do this. But he's really good at tracking down, taking a teenth and turning it into a bigger thing. Like, he's literally has only, what, 26 trailers or whatever that he needs to look at. Hmm. Right. Right. I'll say that he maybe was going more out on a limb, like initially, but once he found that trail connection, like that's where he had a case there. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like if he came to his the sheriff and started uh, you know going on about this tint he found, the sheriff would be like, Hank, <clears throat> you, you know, it's probably just an old batch. Like there'd be plenty of other explanations, i.e. what Gomez said. Mm-hmm. But with the whole trailer connection and him finding all these different leads. I think that definitely show, shows he does have a case. And, you know, we know from a perspective of watching, like, he's always had a case here. Like, he he, mm-hmm. he, he has that nose. But Virtus's very interesting plot-wise is that Hank's not trying to be a hero here. Or it's almost like he's doing this just out of spite. Or not out of spite. He's doing this as a way to avoid going to El Paso. Yeah, like for sure. He he's not doing this because he cares that I'm sure he cares in some degree, right? It is interesting. He does want to solve this case, partly because of pride, but I think mostly it's just a mechanism for him to like you know not go to El Paso. And I think that's interesting plot wise because it would be maybe a little less strong if it was just like I need to find Heisenberg. Like that's super dramatic, but that's not something the character would do necessarily. I mean, until mm-hmm. maybe we get to a later point potentially, but. You know, I, I just think that's an interesting plot they make to have in there. It is interesting that he calls it the case Heisenberg, you know, like he does say, I want to catch Heisenberg at you know, one point to Gomez or to the, the sheriff or the, you call him the sheriff. I think it's a captain, but either way, like, but, and then their response is like the blue math, like kind of bringing it back to be like, you know, you don't even know that this is the same guy, but. Hank has some sort of intuition here that he d- wouldn't otherwise have. To your point, where he couldn't have gone to his boss any sooner, he ducked his boss's call until he had something to bring to him, to be like, listen, I've taken this tiny thing and I've made it bigger. Take a look. And it still wasn't super convincing. Uh, but it to me, like that was crazy impressive. But all the more reason why he should be in El Paso. Like, if anything, he's kind of building a case against himself by building a case for himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I, so that's why he, he toured his boss? Okay. Because I could see that. He uh, wasn't ready to have that conversation. Oh, I see. I see. The, the way I was interpreting it is he was just kind of shutting down, which maybe did a little bit of that, too. But I think he was going to try and finish. Well, I, I think definitely. I think he was trying to get through that list and get literally anything. And that's why he pushed so hard on that girl. That's why he was like... If that's working, literally, it's my golden ticket. I'll have the guy's face. Like, he has everything. Like, he was looking for anything. And the fact that he even thought of the ATM was amazing, like, brilliant detective work. Um, so, and just to, to draw a minor parallel here, I think it's kind of similar to Jesse's situation, which is ironic. Um, but because Jesse also, nobody would have believed him if he said, I can cook just like him until he had the thing he needed something to present in order to actually have people believe in him and that's what hank wanted but hank didn't come to this to quite quite good enough Hmm. not like jesse jesse made a blue product Hmm. Hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. Do you think we should go to Jesse first or next? Or actually, let me just think if there's anything with the Hank storyline that any other. I don't. I don't. You think could there touch is. on her. You could touch on Marie. Oh, they yeah. had a brief conversation, which is kind of telling. Yeah, Marie is not having any of this. She's definitely mm-hmm. worried, and she has. You know, I, I think she knows what's going on. Uh, I, I think a, a relationship with Marie is really difficult with feeling wise because Marie's kind of very deflective too. And she sees that Hank has like the uh, the bruise on his forehead or whatever over his eye. And uh, she, I think she knows what's going on, but she can't call him out on it for some reason. I mean, she, 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 she's like going under, she's, she's throwing jabs underneath the table, but she's not willing to do it, you know, above table. Yeah. I mean... I think I think neither of them want him to go. And they they kind of have a meta conversation because the words they say and what they're actually saying are all have undercurrents to it to the actual conversation they're having which is Marie saying I don't want you to go and you and I know you don't want to go and Hank saying I know but there's nothing I can do like what am I going to do about it? I see. I see. That would make sense because there did seem to be an understanding there, and mm-hmm. but I, I guess they just couldn't put it just fully on display. I think they're very good at speaking in denial, um, and we've <laughs> seen. I mean, we've seen that, right? Marie is very good at denial. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I wonder if that's partly what makes them a good uh, couple, or maybe not a good couple, but makes them a couple in some ways. Mm-hmm. They 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 can both understand each other's language to some degree because hank is very much about perception Uh, like hank's not an outright liar but he's a liar insofar as how he throws out how he wants to be perceived or hank is like the definition of fake it until you make it Mm -hmm. Uh, now with that said he's got legit skills and he's got legit things he does but he he's very good at the political side of things of trying to like spin things to perception people's perception of him. If they think he's awesome because of this thing, yeah, sure, you know, yeah, I I let them blow it up my ass. Yeah, and I think last at the end of last episode we had said, well, maybe part of the reason that Hank is so hesitant is because Marie wants him to go so bad. You know, she's always talked about DC, and that's a line that he says at some point. Um, but I think that this conversation kind of cemented that no, she is, she is as scared for Hank as Hank is. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think it's gotta be after what happened with uh, yeah. digital trip, you know? Uh, and you know, he doesn't really run into the issues here in wherever they are. I forget where it is. Yeah. Albuquerque. Albuquerque. Is that where it is? Albuquerque, mm-hmm. New Mexico. I gotta remember that. Yeah. Just remember it's the Weird Al song. I've heard that before. I just don't remember it. Uh, so next up, let's go to... Jesse would probably be too much there. Maybe Skylar? What do you think? Okay. Uh, so give me a little bit about Skylar. Um, so Skylar's whole thing right now is that she's um, having sex with Ted, her boss. And this episode, all of that kind of blows up in her face. And she's kind of been dragged down by her actions there. Um, but Ted doesn't seem to fucking care. <laughs> hmm. Ted's like, oh, this is all working on my favor. How did it blow up in her face? I mean, I can come up with some stuff here, but I just want to. Well, now there's hostility at her house, mm-hmm. uh, which has made it a very uncomfortable place to, to live. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which isn't only that, but it is a, a part of it. 
there's uh, Walt showing up at her work. So now everybody in the office knows she's sleeping with Ted. Uh, so now there's uncomfortableness with all of her coworkers. Like literally everybody in the world doesn't like her except for Ted. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a point where Ted was trying to, you know, like, Oh, where did Walt go wrong? I want to make sure I don't like repeat that. And yeah. I, now obviously there are some big differences between the two and that, you know, Ted told the truth. That, that's one big yeah. difference, but I feel like this is very much a situation where she made her bed and now she's sleeping in it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I feel like, so, so the other plot lines are kind of like about trying to stop or trying to like move forward. And I, I think, uh, Skylar's plot line right now is about where she arrived. She's like, this is where she is. And now, you know, this is where she's having to be. Cause she she didn't think of the consequences too much. You're right. She, you know, she she fucked head out of spite and then that just completely blew up in her face. And I and I feel like there's probably something going on with that copying machine that was kind of flashing her. Uh I'm not sure what the metaphor over there was, but the office doesn't like her. Maybe Ted- it's the um maybe it's the fight fight club thing where, you know, the in that movie there's a scene with a copier. And it's, he's like, every day feels like a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. Ah. Um, just kind of saying like, A, it's repetitive and B, it's like so reduced from its original form of a thing. So mm. her life is kind of like backed up a whole bunch. Hmm. So that could be a reference, but also a metaphor too, you know, drawing on it. And what was weird about that too I think that what lends credence to your idea there is also that I think after that scene, she slept with Ted again. Yeah. Like, like I didn't expect that. I thought she would just like be like, okay, enough of this, but she keeps doing the same things. And yeah, it is just like a copy of what happened before. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know what else to do. I mean, does she have any reason not to at, at this point? No, it's the, I mean, it's the only thing that's getting to getting to Walt. It really pisses him off. And she fucking loves that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they had a fight uh, at one point where uh, they're both kind of screaming at each other, like, you fucked it, da 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 uh, I'm sure there was more details there, but it kind of sounded like yelling. And mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think there's any big plot points. Can you correct me if I'm wrong? Um, I think she pretty much said she did it out of spite. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember the exact wording, but I'm pretty sure there was wording in there that where she was just like, yeah, I did it literally just to make you mad. Mm-hmm. Um. Other than that, no. I think just the fact that they were fighting. Well, the other plot point was she was like, "Okay, suit yourself," and he's like, "I will." To his face, and then, like that, that pissed him off. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. And then he comes in there. He's like, "Fuck you!" And then you yeah. know, um. I, I just, I, okay, maybe we should, no, I'm just going to talk about it now. So there's the scene where Walt's like talking to Ted and then there's like the blinds there, obviously like a little bit of the jail metaphor again. Uh, and then Ted's just hanging out behind the window. His window is like, he has like the wire frame in it, which is kind of funny. Like, what is he preparing for? Obviously this moment, <laughs> like, and then Walt's like, well, guess what? Uh, I'm going to break in anyway. We're going to talk man to man. And he's like drags this potted plant over in the least like 
epic way possible. <laughs> and Skylar's like, Walt, what are you doing? Uh, I'm going to talk to Ted. What does it look like I'm doing? And surprisingly, he gets it up and tosses it and just bounces right back. And sure, there's probably something in there too, but that was just a funny scene. Yeah. I mean, that whole, like, I think that's the weight of the situation on Walt and the weight of the situation on Ted is he's just like standing there and everything that happens just kind of bounces off him. Like he seems completely unfazed by it all. Yeah. He really doesn't seem to give a fuck. I think that whole thing was just kind of a metaphor metaphor for the, the emotional situation between them all. Yeah. What what is up with Ted? He's so weird. And like, uh, he's so ordinary and I like see his personality in so many places, but he's just like, <laughs> he's just, he's just Ted. I, I feel like there could be a fire at his place. And he's be like, what are you supposed to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that sucks. Yeah. And do we see anything else from Skylar? So she's just getting blowback. But that's pretty much most of what we have from Skylar blowback, and she's just very, very annoyed, but still repeating the past essentially, or she's not making any changes. It, I still don't see the reason for her to stay with Ted, other than to piss off Walt. It, it, like, maybe that's where I'm confused. Like, what's the motivation besides just repeating the past? I don't know. I don't know if she even necessarily knows. Uh, I mean, having sex with somebody it feels good, so there's probably an aspect there you know mm-hmm. um but i there's i think there's also some similarities there between hank and skylar because they're both don't like don't want to progress forward with their current situation but aren't willing to admit it because mm-hmm. ted like has all of these reasons like well i can solve literally every problem you have and she's just like keeps coming up with other ones and she's kind of shaky about it. And she's just pretty much like, yeah, but no, like this isn't like she seems it seems very clear. She doesn't feel like this is like a long term thing. Like this is just a, a how things are right now thing. Hmm. Yeah, you're right about that. They are they're both resisting kind of moving forward. And also it would be a little bit icky feeling if the solution to Skylar's problem right now was money, essentially. And let's just say Ted's money, right? Because that's kind of what it, he, he kind of is at the moment, at least as far as like offering a place, offering all this stuff. I don't think she is attached to him that much besides just for like a pur- purposes revenge. I might be wrong about that, but I don't think she cares about him. Mm-hmm. And she would just essentially using him for his money. And that would kind of throw in the dynamic with Walt because... You know, if she accepted money from Walt, like she'd feel dirty about it because it kind of had some sort of similarity there. Like, you know, and there are similarities between the characters. So she probably doesn't feel right kind of accepting that in any way. Mm-hmm. She'd rather live in that hell. But okay, I, th- I think we're running out of stuff on Skylar. Yep. So going next, let's see. Let's talk about um, with Walt. Mm-hmm. His story definitely is like. M- staying in the past like trying to go backwards but also just i don't know he's just he's just frozen right he's not doing much and he's acting very very cringy like Mm -hmm. like maybe not as cringy as like the an episode or two ago but kind of in that in that same level 
Yeah, I mean, he's like totally disassociated. Mm. It's almost like he's a ghost. That's how that's how it feels to me. I'll hmm. keep coming back to that. I, I think that's right. And maybe that's worse for him in a way, right? Because I think one of his big issues early on in the series was his lack of control. But now it's like, is control even applicable? Hmm. I mean, uh, what, is it, what does he have right now? He doesn't really have anything. I can't think. Like without his family, money means not like money means nothing to him. Like family is what matters to him. And he lost his family in the pursuit of money to support his family for when he dies. But then he didn't die. So they don't have the money. They do have him. But he he had done he had taken massive measures for the opposite. So now they have neither really. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, he 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 he's like a ghost. Like, like he, he if if you like the ways he's affecting things is very very minor too, mm-hmm. or I, I don't know. Like at at this point, the most control he get out of his life or most meaning would be complaining about how this chicken place that he goes to raised the price by about three cents. Mm-hmm. Like that's about the most level of significance he could have in this world at the moment. Yeah, and so yeah. he. He's just dissociating all at work. You know, he's not teaching and uh, Carmen comes in and Carmen's very concerned. And uh, it, it, she, she's like, hey, Walt, uh, you know, we got to talk. And Carmen's trying to like, you know, help him out a little bit, but maybe trying to like have a conversation, like read through the lines, bitch, come on. And then Walt decides, oh, I know what to do. Let's get revenge back on Skyler. I'm going to sleep with Carmen my boss and mm-hmm. it doesn't go well uh carmen's like well what are you doing and the way she played it was like w- like as if she thought walt was had something physically wrong with him or something right like it's it's just kind of an awkward kind of thing to portray i think like i didn't really buy the performance there because maybe it's just something that's really hard to perform. Because the question is, why didn't... I mean, Carmen obviously fired him after that. But, but you know, it didn't go kind of go into, like, uh, you know, you're sexually demented or something like that. Or, you know, what the fuck are you doing? You know, it's just kind of mm-hmm. like... Like, almost as if someone had a brain tumor and started acting against their will. I mean, yeah. I think that's a reasonable assumption for her to make. How long has she known Walt? How long has he worked there? At least 10 years, I think, right? I mean, as far as we know, probably significantly longer than that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, she's known him, let's say, for a decade. And he's always been this mild-mannered guy. He gets cancer, comes back, and all of a sudden he's acting different. Like, is that is it unreasonable for her to think this is a medical thing? Hmm. Yeah, when you put it that way, it seems like maybe it's going a little too hard on it. And they they were friends. Like, remember the first time she had a conversation with him where you were like, oh, it seems like she's almost coming on to him. Uh-huh. And it, like the whole feeling there was like they are really good friends who respect each other. Obviously, he's way overqualified to be there. So, like, I think she respects him as a, an employee and as a person and just genuinely is concerned that something is medically wrong with him. Um. And uh, we've seen him disassociate before. And typically it was has been when uh, something has medically been wrong with him. Hmm. Or okay. medically right with him when he was told the 
cancer was gone. <laughs> so, okay. Okay. I, th- I think you're right about that because I, I didn't get that kind of full context there, but if you put in that context, mm. then kind of that, then it, yeah, it would make sense for her to be like, like, what is going, what is going on here? Like, I, I knew you for all this time. This is not something you'd ever do. I, like, like, it's not like, what's wrong with you? It's kind of like, what's wrong with you? Like, like yeah. just more curious, kind of curiosity in a way, but also kind of like probably too far gone to save at this point. And I mean, she does say the first thing she says when Walt tries to kiss her is like, do you need me to call Skylar? It's just, <laughs> it was like a very not subtle you're married like mm-hmm. mm. yeah and i don't think she was aware of that shit obviously so that probably made it worse on her on her, on her end mm. you know triggered the walt machine yeah and so from there uh he's bringing his stuff out and then we have above his head science mm-hmm. and uh we see jesse and jesse's like hey man come over here and then uh Jesse is showing Walt some product and kind of trying to. Jesse's just trying to essentially get information about uh, Gus because Jesse wants to sell his load. And uh, he does not really care much about Walt here. Again, going back to your ghost point, like it, it's like t- to Jesse, Walt's kind of dead at the moment. And Jesse, uh, Walt tries to talk to him like a son. And uh, he sees the product and Walt's just acting very strangely about it. Like Jesse just keeps looking around. It's like, what, what are you doing? Like he's just being way too obvious. And Walt tries to regain, I think some of his pride by talking down Jesse, but I think it was less than that. I think it was more like Walt just needed somebody to need him. And it's like, Walt wasn't even aware he wasn't needed. Like he tried to use the same old tricks he used on Jesse before, and I think the tricks before w- were perfect because the quality of the meth wasn't good. But Jesse kind of just showed he noticed stuff that uh, his product was good. Jesse did seem to be like he was a bit like questioning himself towards the end, but he was also kind of like, like I, I don't know, skeptical of Walt a little bit. And Walt just kept on pushing further, and then I, th- I think there came a realization with Walt where he's like, he doesn't need me. And I think that's kind of interesting. Uh, what's your take on that? Um, very different than yours. Oh, really? I, I did not read it as Jesse doesn't care about Walt. I read it as Jesse was there for two reasons. One was to try and get the connection. Um, but he could have gone to Saul for the connection. He didn't need to go to Walt. He went to Walt because he wanted Walt's approval. Ah. And that's why he showed him the product in the first place. And why when Walt was like, uh, you know, this is this is inferior product, whatever. He was like, what are you talking about? Like, it kind of seemed to me like he was like, I thought you'd be proud of me. Mm-hmm. And he was hurt that Walt was like offended by the fact that it, that Jesse was didn't need him pretty much. Um, and I think that's when Jesse realized he's like, oh, you're here mentally like you're mm. not. Like you're fucked right now. Uh, so that's much better reading, and I I think that also kind of shows like a head-to-head sort of pride thing, because mm. Jesse was there to essentially instill his pride. You know, he wanted Walt to say, "I'm proud of you, son," and you know, didn't have a hug or something. And then Walt got insulted there because it, it, it was a blow to his pride, 
I mean, I think there's two things. I think the first thing is this probably calls back to whatever happened with Grey Matter. I think he still has bitterness about that. Mm-hmm. We don't know exactly what happened, but that, that's what I'm guessing. Would, I, would I think that's I, a really fair assumption. Yeah. And then the second thing is that, you know, Walt thought he was so fucking special because this is my math. This is what I made. No, mm-hmm. there's nothing else like it. And then Jesse makes it. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait. Jesse, who he sees as this dumb fuck up who can't do anything right makes his product Mm. he does point out some things that seem like they were legitimate um like he said you know it's cloudy so you had trouble with the distillation process or whatever and just it's like you know what fuck you but i think that was like uh, i mean yeah he's right like i it's not as good i think jesse understands it's not as good i don't think he was looking to be as good Mm-hmm. as Walt. I think he just wanted to get to have the approval of somebody that he sees as a father, you know? Yeah. Uh, that he sees as as a father, a friend. Um, but I think Walt just has no respect for Jesse and that was the most insulting thing for Walt is this guy I have no respect for can do the same thing as me. That is disgusting. <laughs> Especially when Jesse's like, he's like, no, you're good at lots of things. He's like, okay, what? He's like, you still sober? <laughs> <What? Yeah>. So <laughs> blatant. Oh, geez. That probably hurt Jesse pretty pretty hard. I mean, he seemed to move on to it from it pretty quick because he was, I think he has that. I think he has that self-esteem already. Hmm. That's true. That's true. And I, I, I do agree with you. I think Walt was pointing out some stuff that was definitely wrong with that match. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think maybe Jesse understood it more as like, like maybe these are things that are false, but it's kind of like nitpicking a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like you give someone like a really good draft for like, I don't know, an essay or something. And then mm-hmm. they like say, oh, hey, this is wrong. You know, this is the wrong use of whom. And this is the wrong use of this. And like, just fuck you. It's just like. <laughs> it's like getting a 90 versus a 91 mm-hmm. on a test and yeah. being like berated for it. It's like, dude, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Walt was calling Jesse out on chemistry stuff, and you know, mm-hmm. Jesse was completely like, "Dude, I use this." Like Je- Jesse, I don't know when Jesse started studying this shit, but you know, he's become pretty decent with it. It seems. Mm-hmm. I think he, because he said, "Just like you taught me to Walt." I think he saw what they were doing differently than Walt saw it. Walt saw Jesse as just like this helper who sold drugs. And was like an inroad, and Jesse saw this as like a mentor teaching him a skill, and wanting him to also be good at the skill. Hmm. And that is offensive to Walt. Hmm. That's interesting. That's interesting. Because Walt's special. Nobody can do what Walt does. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It ends up that's not right. You know. Everybody needs Walter. Everybody. I mean, especially no. me. He's I- got nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he, there's also this little point here where he put the box of stuff on top of the, uh, car, car. and it, it's a minor point here, but that was just kind of interesting because Walt had no intention of like, you know, moving on. He just wanted to stay right put and keep things the way they were. Mm-hmm. And he, he, you know, he kind of like bullied Jesse into staying there. Like he, he planned ahead right there. That was a little bit manipulative. And then uh, Jesse's like, hey, man, let, let's, let's go drive somewhere. You know, obviously indicating, you know, let's move on and, you know, 
just just a small point there, but I thought that was kind of cool plot wise. Yeah, it also dumped out his whole, um, you know, this is his work uh-huh. that he's at, and then all his work was put into that box, and then Jesse driving away kind of, you know, destroyed that as well. It spilled his his other job all over the pavement, um, so he had to repack his job hmm. in theory. Uh, and finally, there was a uh, framed picture of his family that shattered. Um, so he had a broken um, glass around the picture of his family that was laying on the ground. Yeah. Which we also saw used back when Skyler and Walt first started having trouble. Mm. Uh, Skyler had a cracked photo of the family on her desk. Mm. Yeah. That's interesting. So that's, that's kind of like a parallel between the two. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. a pretty literal uh, metaphor. Yeah. Yeah. W- one thing I'll add here real quick is so something you said was kind of cool. Like you're talking about how like Walt's work was in that box. And I think in a way we can say that Jesse was driving off with his work, you, you mm-hmm. know, like literally. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what happened with Grey Matter. That's kind of what's happening here. Of course, it falls out and, you know, shambles and everything. But, you know, I, I think that is a pretty apt, apt uh, metaphor. How differently do you think it would have gone if Walt had just been like, wow, you really learned a lot. Like, I'm super proud of you. Like, this is really cool. I feel like because Jesse was like, I was going to cut you in. So like Jesse had already thought, like, I still owe you something. I at minimum owe you this conversation. But he was going to like be paying him for using his formula pretty much. Walt didn't have to do any work. He just could sit back and take passive income. Hmm. And that offended Walt, mm-hmm. but hmm. like if Walt had a different perspective, I guess. Yeah, I, I think. Let's see. I think Jesse would have been like, you know, you like it, and it's like, wow, Jesse, this is amazing. You know, we've come so far. I see like mm-hmm. a couple of things here or there, but uh, you know, this is incredible. Like we we could, you know, make a couple of tweaks here or there. We could get something even better than we had before. Mm-hmm. I, I think that might be Walt in a good like point of view or a good good place. Uh, I think he would have that pride because I, I think one thing he's had pride in is his family to some degree, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that would be pride in his family and also pride in himself because he taught Jesse this, right? And, and maybe that's what Walt's missing here. He he could have pride in Jesse, but he chose not to. Mm. Yeah, I and I think that's kind of a bigger a bigger thing for Walt of Walt has done a lot of things, a lot of good things, but if it's not his version of what he should be prideful of, like he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let's let's just for another example, take Junior, who makes this entire website to help raise money for his dad. Like that could be a really nice moment of, wow, I've instilled these values in my son to like and like we have this bond together and like he he made this whole thing. Like that's a big deal, especially back then before you know your your uh squarespace and all of that which makes it super easy now not sponsored um (laughs) but actually maybe we should be (laughs) um but my point being there are things that he does that he could take credit for and be prideful about that he if he doesn't think they're reason to be prideful uh he doesn't accept it hmm this this will be interesting to see you know, going forward, because mm. I think it's a plot point that's been there, but this hasn't been uncovered until at this point. Kind of can't see the the forest through the trees, you know. 
Hmm. And then, so beyond that plot line, I think we can kind of go to like the Saul sort of thing. Uh, so mm -hmm. the cleaner kind of sees Walt being crazy. Uh, and then he's essentially, actually, no, it's before that. So Walt goes to Saul. I forget what happened exactly. Walt goes to Saul or something. They have an argument. They kind of break off the relationship. And that's a bad sign because uh, I, I think Saul was, he's not the only thing keeping Walt safe at the moment, but he's a big factor in keeping Walt safe. Because Walt is so erratic right now. Saul just wants to see Walt get back in business. But uh, Walt just doesn't want to do it. Yeah, the the timeline-wise, the first thing that happens is they're uh, cleaner and Saul are listening to the tape. That's right. And then Saul's like, is this a good thing or a bad thing that they're fighting? And then Walt's like, I'm going to go punch Ted. And Saul's <laughs> like, oh it's, a oh, it's a bad thing. So he sends the cleaner to go intercept him. Cleaner, because Walt was going to go back in through a back door, which goes directly into, a, you know, you could make the assumption, goes directly into Ted's office. So Walt sees it, starts heading towards it, and then the car comes and intercepts him, and Mike throws him in the back and takes him to Saul. And that's when he's like, how'd you know, how'd you know I was going to be doing, I was going to be there, how'd you know what was going on? Mm -hmm. And finds out that it was, his place was bugged. Yeah, 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 that's completely right. And Saul was definitely in the back foot there. Uh, I, I I feel like, so this is a prediction I've made. I'm just going to make it again. So uh, Saul has bugged Skylar and Walt's house. Mm -hmm. Now there's Skylar and Ted. And Ted, or Skylar knows about the whole thing with Saul. She doesn't know the thing about with Saul, but she knows the whole meth thing, right? And Saul has a financial interest right now to keep that all under wraps and their lid. So mm -hmm. I think we have plenty of impetus now for Saul to bug Ted's house. And I think there's obviously something that can be done there as far as Ted being a financial fraud mm -hmm. and Skylar being implicated in that as well because she's been signing off on the shit. And so I think any investigation would kind of find them there. And that might be a good way to get, you know, her and Ted out of the picture, I think, plot wise. Yeah, but moving on from that, uh, yeah. So so they have a big blow up, uh, Walt and Saul, and uh, he even gets to a fight with Saul, which is kind of funny to watch. Mm -hmm. I, I think Saul's trying hard here, but he's a little too desperate, or maybe maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's like desperate times for desperate measures, but these measures just can't contain Walt. And he's just struggling to get into a fist fight. The cleaner's just like, oh, I'm done with this shit. Mm -hmm. And uh, takes care of things, puts back. And then I think the, at that point, the cleaner kind of, you, you know, as he's seeing Walt off, he sees like the the death side, essentially. And I, I think the cleaner sees him writing on the wall. He's kind of a little bit like, oh, shit. Oh, this isn't going very well. And he kind of tells Walt, hey, you're making your bed right now. You're going to be sleeping in it pretty soon. And Walt doesn't quite get the hint. And then uh, we find out that the cleaner is having some sort of interaction with uh, Gus. So, mm -hmm. in, and the cleaner is trying to keep Gus, or sorry, trying to keep Saul out of this whole thing. So the cleaner has some different financial motives. And I, I thought he was under Saul, but it's been pretty well established he's not. He's his own entity. I think, I think the pieces that can logically be put together now are Saul had, Saul had originally told Walt and Jesse, I know a guy who knows a guy. The cleaner is the guy. Ah. So the cleaner 
works with Gus and uh, also works with, I think, yeah, I think he's his own entity, also works with Saul, but his primary is Gus because he gives Gus all of this info and tells Gus, you know, by the way, Jesse wants in. Um, so he is that connect. Um, and then, uh, but when Gus said, he says, should the lawyer know? And Gus says, no. And he's like, okay. So he's taking orders from Gus and also working with Saul. Hmm. Yeah. Cause Gus, uh, Gus is probably what bigger money than Saul offers. Hmm. I'd imagine so. Cause Gus, I mean, Saul's a small you know, criminal lawyer and Gus is, has a multinational business hmm. with the chicken, chicken thing. Hmm. Plus we've seen his distribution goes out way outside of, te- of Texas even. Yeah. 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 You're right. And it's far enough From to meth. distribute the yeah. meth in a certain kind of way. Yeah. 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 And, and you're right. Like, uh, Gus is very, very careful here. And, mm-hmm. uh, that they're analyzing, the well, it Walt's life essentially, and it's not looking so good. Yep. And Gus's reaction here was kind of interesting because Gus is kind of like, "This is a bad investment," or "This is my investment kind of going belly up right now." Like, I need some money here. And I, I've had this idea that Gus wouldn't be opposed to kind of essentially indicting Walt as a slave to make math, because mm-hmm. kind of what it sounded like, like, like Walt essentially here was cattle, right? And, you know, you do what you do to get your, your meat or, you know, milk out of this thing. And that was kind of how I was seeing Gus. And then Gus had some sort of intuition there that there was a way to get Walt back in the game through Jesse. He wasn't going to accept Jesse's meth, but then he saw something there. And obviously later, the opportunity he saw was to buy Jesse's meth and get Walt half the money and then try to get Walt's back into it through green. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really cool just to, to wrap up the, the cleaner that we have a character that's like fairly well fleshed out. I, we, and I enjoy seeing him on screen. Still don't know his name. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I, I think I should know his name. Cause it kind of got leaked to me when I was looking at the character review, but yeah, mm-hmm. but it, I, I don't use it. I know it. I don't use it because I assume it hasn't been dropped yet in the show. Mm-hmm. So I'm not trying to spoil anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the cleaner, I think we talked about him in the character ranking, but he's definitely a very good character. Like for what he is, it's kind of, I don't think he's up to Marie level, but he's actually pretty close there. Like he's, he's somehow vital, but also completely like, not, not needed is not the right word. He, he's he's like a background character that makes everything like pop out. You know what's really nice in season three versus season one, and I know we're getting a little bit off, and, and maybe we should save some of this, but the fact that now we're seeing a bunch of characters that aren't inept, like we saw, like season one, it was a bunch of like you know scrubby people trying to figure out what the hell's going on and everybody vibing for position. Mm-hmm. And now we're seeing a bunch of people who are just really fucking good at what they do. Mm-hmm. Gus, Saul, Cleaner, like these people are really good at what they do. Even Hank right now, really good at what he does. Um, 
and how uh, how Walton and Jesse interact with those situations. But mm. it's kind of refreshing. I like seeing these people on screen a little bit more. I think that's I think that's true. I, I think one problem, maybe not a problem. One thing that I kind of saw happening a little bit with uh, season one, season two, was that I kept on building up what on my mind as being like this amazing person, and then like he just kept on like falling down as far as like expectations go because. Walter's really smart, but everything it does is kind of dumb. Like he hasn't had like a very good play in quite some time. Like the best thing he's done is make you know really good math, and he hasn't done anything beyond that. He hasn't even like come up with a good scheme. Or, well, getting back home was a pretty good one. That was a pretty strong play. Fugue state. No, well the fugue state, but no. Uh, Beyond that, like his calling Skyler's bluff. Oh, okay, okay. See, see, that was Walt definitely being a little bit badass there. That I, was a strong play. Hmm. I, I think but mostly what we've seen is well, Walt this kind of falter. Uh, Jesse has been kind of... Actually, Jesse's up on the rise right now. He's actually playing very strong. But definitely in season one, season two, or let's, let's go to like uh, mid-season two, there, it's true, there weren't really that many competent characters. Or the most competent character was Walt, but then you kept on seeing him fail. So I think we needed some competence in there to kind of bring the story... Uh, you start losing a little bit of that realism or some or stakes or something like that. Mm. You know, how is it possible that Walt's getting away with this? Well, now he's not. Now, now death's at his door. Pretty much. So, so towards the end there, Walt gets thrown the money and mm. it's his half. So this is a very interesting play by Gus because Gus, he's okay. We, we, we may, Maybe not take it literal here, but Jesse said, you know, this is, uh, you know, this is is only half. And we assume the other half's going to Walt like 100%. So Gus is making quite the play here. And Walt might be smart enough to figure out where this money came from because he knows Jesse had a batch. So he might assume Jesse was cutting him in or something like that. But I think Gus's play right here is to essentially get Walt to cook back or start cooking through Jesse and through money too, right? M- money symbolizes two things. It's green means go, but it also means, you know, just ching, ching. And th- th- that's kind of interesting. See, uh, what's your thoughts? I think there's maybe not too much there, but no, there's not. I think everything you're saying, you have a reason to, to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's super fair fair assumptions and if that's the case it's a pretty strong play by gus really good read on people that he barely knows but maybe he has a has a way of reading reading people um and kind of gets wall mm-hmm. um but that's the second time we've seen that character the one who delivered the drugs uh or picked up the drugs and delivered the money um the other time we saw him was when cleaner called gus he called this guy and this guy gave the message to gus at the laundromat is that right yeah it was that same that same guy hmm. you kind of look a little bit familiar to the guy that said uh where Walt should meet them too at poyos maybe but maybe it's a different guy uh yeah nope same guy okay cool cool okay, which cool. is cool because we know that gus has some people that if he trusts somebody he uses that same person over and over Hmm. So maybe Gus is kind of a creature habit in that way. Because hmm. we see cleaner and we see communicator. I don't know what, what we would call this guy. This is kind of like a henchman, but yep. he's a key henchman, clearly. 
Hmm. So moving on to the last character, uh, I can't think of any other minor characters right now, but we have Jesse. Uh, I, I think kind of what I was saying before is Jesse was on the decline in season two. And now mm-hmm. he's definitely on the up and up. Yep. And he's got like a lot more confidence and in a, in a fucked up kind of way. I think the confidence comes from him realizing who he is and not being afraid to back down from that. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you know, he's realized his balls are huge and he's willing to put them on the table for everyone to see. Mm-hmm. So you're so talking we, about the scene when he's buying gas. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. But other places too, like he, he's willing to put himself out to uh, Saul and put himself out to Walt. You know, mm-hmm. he's kind of doing these big moves here, w- which I don't think he would have done season one at all. Like he would have had too much trepidation there, but here he's approaching it with like a lot of like, oomph. yeah. So the first scene we kind of see is he is at a gas station. Uh, this is after he made his meth, so he must have just been out and ran out of gas, kind of similar to how they ran out of gas before, or, or what happened there, I forget exactly. I don't know. They got stranded at one point for some reason. Well, but, yeah, that was because the their battery died. Okay. Uh, similar th- sort of thing. He's out of gas probably because he was running the, the truck all day and stuff. And so mm-hmm. he essentially spots this girl Somehow he f- figures it's in a similar sort of way. Hank, she's, he gets a read on her that she'd be willing mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, interact with meth. And uh, he starts essentially just uh, trying to get out of paying for this stuff. And I guess it's because he doesn't have any money, right? He's out of money. Um, I don't know. Maybe. He's just trying to get his product out there. Maybe, maybe he's just, uh, was just testing, testing the waters, saw an opportunity and took it. Hmm. Okay. I, I could, I could definitely buy, he didn't have a card. I could buy that. Maybe he didn't bring his cash on him. I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. He felt like he would, right? Hmm. Maybe he's trying not to like throw his money. I don't know, but he, he goes on a limb here and tries to just, you know, buy her off some meth. It ends up working. I think he's also being kind of flirtatious too. Oh, for sure. He's using he's using his sex appeal. Uh-huh. No doubt. And it works pretty well. Uh, this girl was very concerned about her dad. And uh, he, he, he just kind of like... He does a very good job of convincing her into, into taking it. Mm-hmm. And then the cops right behind him and he does not care at all. And uh, we, we see him just kind of push it forward. And then at that point, you know... She's already a timid person. Like, if she's going to rat him out right there, what, what's she going to do? Kind of puts her in an aw- awkward situation. So he played that very well. Yeah. And we get a little bit of, uh, you know, s- sort of foreshadowing that the cops might be on his tail, too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So wh- where does the Jesse storyline go from there? Um, I mean, not... Not very far. Uh, we've and I don't know if there's anything that we haven't talked about after that. Let's see. Because then he then he goes to Walt and then he goes to Saul and then he sells the drugs. That's right. And then that's right. Okay, you're completely right about that. Because I was trying to think like where it would go. So he gets half and he's kind of like disappointed by that. Uh, yeah. He feels cheated, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what he's gonna draw from that conclusion wise. 
It's all about up in the air. Yeah, I don't know. Because is that going to be Asalto's pride, or does he feel cheated? Uh, it's probably quite a bit of money. I, I think he knows the product he made is good. I think that much is true. Mm-hmm. And I think that's definitely showing through in his pride. But I'm, I'm trying to think if any other little things with Jesse. I feel like I'm pulling at strings here today. There's plenty to discuss, but I think I'm trying to extract yeah. too much. No, I mean, we've had also... Um, it's interesting because like a lot of the characters are so tied together that by talking about one storyline, we end up touching on others. And by the end, we've talked about Jesse's entire storyline by talking about everybody else's storyline and how he touches them. My biggest question for you with Jesse is, um, you know, Walt asked about his using. Um, Saul said, asked about his using. Gus has interest in if he's using or not. Jesse says he's clean. Is he and or will he remain drug free? I think the only so I would say yes. But there's one thing that keeps me from saying yes. And it's the fact that Walt threw a little bit of doubt to him when he was questioning Jesse's product. Where he said, like, you know, like, uh, you, you know, what, what did people think? Or, you know, if people thought I was awesome. And they're like, well, of course they did. They're junkies. You know, they would just say mm. anything's awesome because they got high. Right. And I think Jesse may have taken from that, like, I should be testing my product to know how good it is. Oh. Uh, like, it might be like, you know, he needs to know what, what he's making because. Oh, Walt has some sort of sense of chemical purity. He kind of like he has this ideal in his head he's comparing to, whereas I think Jesse he doesn't quite have that ideal at least not yet. Like like he knows what would be a good product, but not from like the look or the chemistry of it so much as so as like how it affects him. So I think that might be the only reason he gets back into it. I think it's a terrible reason. Maybe it's a little bit of a dual layered reason because maybe he just wants to get back to it in general. But I don't think he does really though. I think he's like. I feel like he's kind of like a, a cheetah right now who's on a hunt. It's kind of like seeing his meal and it's kind of like getting, you know, ready to pounce on it or that's what he's, he's doing. And I don't think he would want to like get away from that because he's in, he's in predator mode, but yeah. I think he might get over cocky and I think he might, he, you know, he get, I don't think he would do it. He'd do it purely as a business decision to take part of mm. that math, but I think it would backfire on him again. Do you think Hank, what do you think the repercussions will be for Hank uh, professionally and uh, personally with him not going to El Paso? Um, because his, how, how do you think his boss will, will take that going forward considering their conversation Gomez and how will Marie feel? Cause at the end of, of Hank's, you know, story to today, he pretty much told his boss I can't go back. And then he like said, but it's only because of this, but I think they both knew that that's not the real reason, obviously, but the chief was willing to be like, okay, I get it. That's fine. Hmm. But how will that affect? And he snubbed really bad Gomez. How will that play? So with Marie, I think Marie's going to be relieved, but I think she's going to be even more worried than if he went hmm. in a weird way. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, like like you took this big of a shot for your pride to avoid going. Like, this is really a problem. 
like, yeah. it's kind of fucked up logic, but it kind of makes sense in some weird way. Then we have the his, his work colleagues, and I think his work colleagues are going to think less of him, or maybe they're not going to think too much, but they're going to be kind of confused. And I think Hank's going to read a little bit too much into the lines. I think writing-wise, it's going to be a little bit more ambiguous. Right? I don't think they're going to say one way or the other whether they care or not. I think Gomez will care a bit. I think maybe his boss will think a little bit, but I don't think everyone else is going to care that much. Like, oh, you said to stay. Okay, great. Uh, but I think Hank's going to be reading into these little small cues and just kind of feeling like everyone, like he let everybody down essentially. Uh, Hank's going to feel like he's under a microscope now. Mm-hmm. And will that translate to his ability to track this case? Because will. Because he's now tied everything to this case. He said, this is the reason I'm not going. So, like, let's say he cracks the case. Like, would he go to El Paso at that point? Does he actually want to crack the case? Or is he hoping it goes on forever so that he never has to go? I don't think he's thought that far, Ed. That's I, a really fair point. I, I think this was just like a... No, nothing. I think I think he probably thinks he did enough damage anyway to not go to El Paso again. Yeah, because like this was his chance, and you know, unless he does something crazy, like maybe he does figure out this Heisenberg stuff and covers cover something crazy. Maybe that would make him try to like fight for him even more. Like we, hey, we know we turned you down, but eh, you know, come on, come back to us. But it, it's probably just not as likely, just given that he snubbed them like pretty hard. Like he was mm-hmm. supposed to be on the airplane and did not go. Fair. And then those I, were those were all of my follow-ups. Go ahead. I, I just want to touch on Gomez here for a second because mm-hmm. I don't think we talked about him. Nope. But uh, Gomez has been like a he's been a, like a background character for the most part. But I think we kind of see like an underlying character and some re- reaching out of humanity from him. And I kind of felt really bad when uh, like. like you know, Gomez trying to help him, right? You know, like put his hand on his shoulder and everything. He's like, hey, man, like, let's talk or something. Uh, and Hank just shot him, like, in the heart, essentially. And it, it, it maybe I'm reading too much into this, but like, somehow the character's expression barely changed. But that small little change you saw was like the difference between like, okay, and heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a great job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, I don't know how you pull it off as an actor. Like, like I don't, I don't know. You, you take two those two stills, do a difference of them, barely anything, but that's just 1% is what made it. And uh, it, it does show that a lot of these actors here, like even if they're minor characters, they, they do a fucking great job selling everything. Mm-hmm. Great acting. And I think that when everybody has great acting, that leads to the assumption that there's also great directing. Mm -hmm. because the director is getting what he needs out of his actors or their actors i'm not sure if i know vance gilligan did all of the writing i think he did the directing but um no there may have been sometimes shows have guests come in and direct for certain episodes and stuff i see yeah that's a good point because the 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 actor can only do so much as to like what they're directed to do and if they're directed to do things that don't make sense for the character like they're gonna Mm -hmm. not sell that role essentially well, sometimes actors can take um and be like elevate the character beyond even what the director may have may be thinking um we there's been instances that i'm sure you know walt kind of owns that owns his character 
so, um, you know, I may, maybe there are times when he, he does that, but yeah, the director ultimately having a, a feel of this is what we need to get out of this scene and, and making it happen. Mm. Just su- such a well done show so far. So I think we should do the green light here and move forward. So, oh, hey guys, okay. guess what? Let me get my wallet. Oh, oh wait, going to throw money at me? Yeah. My stripper. Where, where could I do that? Oh, well, you can do that at paypepin.com or sorry, that's not it. It's going to be That's one of them. Okay, that's one of them. It's uh, uh pepin is here. Uh, What's it called? It. Now I have to go buy another domain. <laughs> <laughs> you want more? Check it out at morepepin.com. Morepepin.com and then also uh, I am at pepinreacts.com, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I, it, it's a long day. This is this is after work and everything. So you can see it's a million degrees in here. But also, you know, liking, subscribing, things you could do, ding, ding, ding. You know what you want to do. I mean, you don't have to if you want. I, I'm not going to stop you. But uh, more, more so, what I'm just excited for, you know, future-wise, is the guests coming up next week. Um whether they'll be next week or next year for you guys, who knows? But you know, the only way you can know is by um, w- waiting, tuning in, t- t- tuning in. Maybe I'll do these episodes out of order. Maybe you'll know ahead of the stuff. That wouldn't make sense. Anyway, I react. You react. We all react. Pepin reacts. Meter, say it. I'm here too. Yes.